What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Venice Antoinette. And Amber Monique. Here with another episode of Sip and Spill. And on this show, we sip on drinks while spilling the tea on dating and relationships. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star rating. Also, make sure you follow us on social media at Sip and Spills. That's at S-I-P-A-N-D-S-P-I-L-L-S across all social media. Now, let's get started. 24 seconds sent you back to last You got 24 seconds, can't you beat the shot What you waiting for, little daddy? I ain't got that much time. You seem anxious, you seem adamant, but you ain't press my line. Wondering why, why, why? No, you ain't shy, shy, shy. I'ma say bye, bye, bye. All right. All right, boom. Amber, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about a topic that Derek Jackson has inspired. I'm sure a lot of you have seen his viral videos on Facebook, and it's basically empaths and relationships. Mm. And I guess to start off, we can define an empath, and it is a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. So basically, it's like if you hear another person's problems, you feel like it's yours to fix, essentially. And yeah, Derek, basically. And Derek Jackson is saying, you know, basically people that get in relationships with people that have a lot of baggage um, and the baggage starts bringing them down, he's basically saying that's not a good thing. And um, the way that a person should bring you, their problems shouldn't be in a way that you have to take on the load. Uh, Vinny's, what's your impact? I mean, what's your um, take on what he has to say about it? Right. Um, For one, I definitely want to insert a clip of his definition here, just because his definition is a little different. And he says it at the beginning of his video. Team Jackson, what's happening? So I've been getting a lot of messages lately from women that are asking me, like, should I date a guy that's dealing with this, dealing with that financial issues, uh, multiple baby mamas, or he was hurt whenever he was younger, bad childhood, et cetera, et cetera. And what I've noticed through these conversations with these women is that they tend to be what's considered an empath. An empath is somebody who's not just a nurturer because y'all are that by nature, but an empath is somebody who takes on the mental or emotional state of another person who's going through. Going through a storm, dealing with life, dealing with baggage. You know, it's like it's, it's difficult for an empath to see a homeless person without wanting to give everything they got in their pocket. You know, it's difficult for an empath to see something on the news like a school shooting or something tragic without it messing up their whole week. Like, that's what an empath is. But what I took away from his video was more so of him saying, like, as an empath, you you need to be careful with the type of energy you around you allow around you because mm-hmm. um, other people's emotions and other people's feelings you can personally feel and take on. Like he was saying how like an empath, for example, has difficulty walking past a homeless person because they can feel that hurt and that pain. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and I agree. And the other thing too, because. If you're a Derek Jackson fan, you know that he's touched on empaths a lot through his narcissistic series where he talks about like dealing with men that are narcissistic and how they like to feed on empaths. And um, that is so true because when you're narcissistic and your only concern is yourself, you know that an empath is going to take on your issues even more than probably you'll take on your own issues. Mm -hmm. And so as an empath, you have to basically 
just make sure that you put up boundaries and protect yourself because you know that you can't control necessarily how you feel towards other people's problems and feel towards other people's uh, mental and emotional issues, but you can control how you react to them. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And he was saying like, basically um, everybody's always going to have some type of problems. Like no one's a perfect person, but he was saying if a person really loves you, they're not going to bring you their stuff in a way that you need to take it on. Like they're not going to bring you their baggage in a way that, will weigh you down which made a lot of sense yeah yeah I completely agree I I guess the first like one thing though that like triggers me with this empath conversation is that I think a lot of people define themselves as empaths who are not Mm. um they just feel like oh well you know like I don't know I feel like there's a difference between being empathetic and being an empath because, you know, being empathetic is an adjective, whereas when you're an empath, that's actually who you are as a being. Yeah. Um, and so for me personally, I think that I'm very empathetic, especially when it comes to relationships. But I wouldn't define myself necessarily as an empath because, like, prime example, if I walk past a homeless person, I'm not going to immediately want to cry. So in that sense, I'm not. But like, in the sense of if I'm dealing with somebody or dating someone or I'm loving someone, I take on their emotions and their mental and their feelings and their problems as my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in relationships, I'm an empath, I guess, or empathetic. I don't know. I don't really yeah. understand. Like I'm still kind of on the fence of what's defined as that and what's not. Cause I think a lot of people like to just use that term, when it doesn't fit a lot of people because even when you really look into it it even says it's very rare for somebody to be an empath so yeah, i don't know that's true like in the definition i read they called it like paranormal which i don't i don't know if it necessarily has to be that but yeah it's it's like insinuating that it's not like a common thing because mm-hmm. it is normal to feel bad for people when people have problems but i would yeah i agree with what you're saying empath means you feel like it's your problem to fix mm-hmm. and I think that I can be that way with like people that I know and mm-hmm. even with people I don't, you know, I'm empathetic, but if someone I know tells me that they have a problem, I do tend to feel like, all right, like, let me think of a way I can, I do tend to like take it on that way. And I think it's important to be aware of that though, because people may not even be expecting that of you. Maybe they just want to yeah. talk to somebody and then no, you feel like, true. oh God, like, I've got to figure out a way to like fix this for them or like how are we going to get out of this and people may not even be holding that expectation of you mm-hmm. do you feel like because I think both of us are similar especially when it comes to like the people we love like our close friends family and such mm-hmm. in the sense of we take on their issues as our own so speaking strictly in relationships do you think we set ourselves up for failure by doing that A hundred percent. And I can even say for myself, like once I hear about somebody's problems with someone, I may not even be like serious with, but I find myself that will make me kind of even get more like wrapped up into that person. Now that I'm older, Mm. I can recognize that trait and be a little more aware of it. Mm -hmm. But like before it'd be like, oh, he has this like, but I can help him or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can definitely say I've been, I've like fallen victim to that. What about you? 
No, I definitely have. I, I de- if I've um even with like um like a prime example would be like my most recent ex. Um, even mm-hmm. though we've been broken up for almost two years now, yeah, he resurfaced into my life temporarily, and um, I do define my ex as narcissistic. Like he's very selfish, he's self centered, and he's not afraid to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when he resurfaced my life, it was because he was dealing with a lot and going through a lot. And he mm-hmm. knew because of who I am that I would take on his issues as my own. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I am disappointed in myself that I allowed that to happen, but I'm not ashamed that I have this trait. Um, yes, it was more so of, I kind of allowed him to come back into my life and throw his issues on me. And I remember I was in like a real deep depression for like two or three weeks just because I was taking on everything he was going through. It had absolutely nothing to do with me. (laughs) And, um, and the way that he kind of threw it on my lap was kind of like, was also had a lot to do with it because it was like everything kind of hit like a ton of bricks at once and um, I was trying to help him in all different aspects of all the things he was going through and mind you I was going through stuff myself he didn't care about what I was going through he didn't care about what was going on in my life or that I was like stressed out already about grad school or you know like anything like that um he was just concerned about you know, feeling, wanting to feel loved and needed by me because he knew that I had this empathetic trait that, you know, according to him, women in his past haven't necessarily had, or if they have, they kind of cut it off with him. So um, that's that's just like a prime example of kind of where I set myself up because I should have, it was okay for me to listen to his issues, but I didn't need to take them on as my own. And that's where I kind of went too far. But it's hard when you are, excuse me, an empath in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's great, excuse me, that this is a topic now that people are talking about. Because now we can recognize that, okay, this is a trait I have. And this is, okay, it's good. You know, I can be empathetic towards people, but this is where it can hurt myself. And this is where I need to learn to turn it off when it starts to hurt me. Yeah. Because, Because I know even myself, like, that has stopped me from leaving relationships before that I knew I shouldn't have been in, but I've been like, Oh, well, you know, if I leave, like, who's he going to have? Or, you know, he's had issues with abandonment in the past. So I need to be the one who doesn't abandon him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, but look at what's happening to you. Like you're a mess. You're not the person you're supposed to be right while you're in this relationship. And I wasn't thinking that way. So, yeah, you just don't think like you literally, and I don't know, I mean, I guess this would be impasse because I think both of us um, relate to this, but it's as if you put that other person's issues as a top priority beyond yourself. Absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through. If that person is going through something, it doesn't even have to be worse than or equal to what you're going through. If they're going through anything, it's almost like you take that as a priority over whatever it is you're dealing with. Absolutely. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about Derek Jackson's video is he's like, if you're dealing with somebody who truly cares about you, they're not even going to put you in that type of circumstance. Yeah, I totally agree. Where you ever even need to feel like you have to take on their issues or that they would even feel comfortable taking from you in that space to begin with. Exactly. And I love that he said that because that makes 
a lot of sense. But then it brings up the point, like, how do you find the balance? So let's say for a person who's on the other end, not the empath, but has the problems, how do you find the balance between being able to vent and throwing your problems on somebody to take on along with you? So what I'll say is um, I'm going to use my mother as an example because I do think that my mom fits the the definition of an empath. Yeah. And when I call her and I need to just vent, sometimes I have to let her know, like, especially if I know it's something that I'm dealing with and I just, you know, I just want to get it out, but I don't necessarily want her to go out of her way to help me. Mm -hmm. I'll vocalize that to her. Like I'll say, Mom, I literally just need to vent. Like, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to, like, you know, go out of your way. I literally just need to vent. And then at the end, if you want to provide some insight, that's great. But I don't need you to do anything beyond that. And Mm -hmm. I think that helps her a lot because when I set that boundary, she, like, checks herself. Like, now she kind of puts herself in a zone where she can just listen. Well, that's that's good that you say that, that you start mm-hmm. off the conversation that way, because it takes the pressure off of her, I'm sure. Like, okay, like, let me not go into panic mode here. Yeah. She just told me she just wants to vent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that is a good way. Um, and I would say even, like, in dating-wise, like, my ex, even though now I would say he's very narcissistic and selfish, when we were dating, he was selfish, but he never, um, while we were dating, at least, he didn't take advantage of my like me being an empath like he he didn't want me to go out of my way or make Mm -hmm. myself uncomfortable in certain circumstances and I actually learned that from him because he would say that to me he'd say you know Venice I know how you are and I don't want you to like you know go out of your way I just need to vent to somebody and I'm like okay that's fine and then once you say that to me like once you say I just need to vent I need somebody to just listen to me then Mm -hmm. I'm able to just like shut everything off and just listen and be that listening ear and then provide you with insight without necessarily immediately taking it on as my own. But when yeah. you just come out and just start talking to me, it's like, it almost makes me feel like I'm obligated to fix it. Yeah. Same. No, I, I take that on. And I definitely like to be a listening ear. And I feel like people, um, use me as that a lot, which I don't mind. Like, you know, people the, like, uh, I would say I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like you, you, and even like family, and I don't mind it. Um, but it is, I do have to. I find myself having to check myself, like you know, not to distance myself from people's mm-hmm. issue, but just to know they're not even asking me to like stay up all night worrying about this. They, they, they like that they can just talk sometimes. You know what I mean? They just like to be able to get stuff out. Mm-hmm. But do you think that? Um, I wonder if men are. Are there men empaths as well? Or is that more Absolutely. of like a, a woman trait? Absolutely. I think there are. And I think a lot of male empaths get taken advantage of by women who yeah. aren't as like um, caring or emotionally sound or whatever uh-huh. terminology you want to use towards those women. But I definitely um, believe that there are male empaths. I personally feel like I know a few. Never dated yeah. any, but I feel like I know a few. Uh-huh. Um, but I do think it's a more feminine trait just to be nurturers and like worry about everybody. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Or but the I, other I thing think of men too, that do it. Yeah. The other thing too, is it might be just more socially acceptable for women to be empaths. So 
for all we know more and i would love to actually talk to a man about this we might have to bring one on even one that we can think of that we think might define himself as an empath but like Mm -hmm. how do you work through dating as a man as an empath because being an empath as a woman is almost expected but being an empath as a man i don't know how that how that would go yeah that that is really interesting it's a whole nother like side like, of the issue because yeah. honestly it might actually be worse to being an empath as a man because yeah, that's a because that's a very feminine trait and men are already like expected to be i guess like traditionally like protectors providers all that but then when you add the empath side into it like does that go into double time for them do they go out of their way mm. trying to prove that you know they're that they are what you consider like a man or whatever and they can take everything on and then you know who do they vent to because i was going to say that who do they vent to we, yeah we do need to talk to a uh a man who considers himself an empath. I know, like, I'm really invested in this now. Like, I need to talk to a male. If anybody knows any male empaths that you think would be a good <laughs> episode for Sip and Spill, Send them our email way. us at Sip and Spills, S-I-P-A-N-D-S-P-I-L-L-S at gmail.com. Because I really, really want to know that now from the male perspective. Now that's, like, boggling my mind. Because yeah. as women, I mean... Granted, don't get me wrong. Women definitely have it difficult in this society, especially black women. I'm not going to go through a rant on that because that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> but I will say that sometimes as women, when it comes to emotional issues, we aren't as open to the male side of things because society has taught us that it's okay to be emotional as a woman, but not necessarily as much as a man. And so it's that's like... <laughs> wow like i really want to hear that now that is because imagine amber what if we like what if like some empath males try to like talk to us but we were turned off by their like sensitivity or you know just different (laughs) things no seriously because i feel like that's 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 possible like there could have been a guy who tried to talk to you or talk to me or you know each of us had our own situation but he didn't we didn't give him the time of day because we thought he might be too sensitive or too this or too that type of thing or he wasn't like manly enough or masculine enough of the way that we you know like to see because I know my dad is a manly man so it's like when I date I mean typically you know a daughter dates similar to her father whether she wants to or not and I've just had to come to the conclusion of that like (laughs) my husband is just going to be my version of Tony Penn (laughs) Uh-huh. that's just uh-huh. what it's going to have to be <laughs> but <laughs> but I wouldn't consider my dad an empath you know so it's like mm, I don't know yeah I mean that is very true we, we could have come across um, men that just happen to be empaths and it's nothing wrong with it but we could have taken it as just because of the way we're trained to think in society like oh too sensitive or whatever there's nothing wrong with having like men have feelings there's nothing wrong with them having that and I do think society should get to a place where men can feel more comfortable, like ex- embracing their feelings. Because mm-hmm. um, I do think it is kind of unhealthy to always have to, you have to have somebody that you cannot be okay with. 
Right. They have to have some, everybody, men included, have to have somebody that they can go to when they're not okay. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know that it. That That's is actually another podcast I want to do, and we can do that another time. But kind of just talking to men about who do you vent to. Like yeah. whether you're in or out of a relationship, like, yeah. but that's talk for another day. Back yeah. to empaths. So one thing I was going to ask you earlier was um, when, cause you were talking about how people feel comfortable venting to you and people also feel very comfortable venting to me as well. So I can relate to that. Uh-huh. But when you vent to people, like, do you feel a sense of guilt at times because you are yeah. an empath? I do. I do. I and do now that too. you say that, I find myself even like as I'm doing it, I'll be like, but you know, it's cool. And like mm-hmm. letting them know like, okay, like you don't need to worry, but I'm just letting you know this or whatever. And sometimes I even find myself just not doing it because I feel like, why would I, I don't want to bring anybody down with this or whatever, you know, I'll just like sort it out on my own, but that's right. based off of the way I take things. Mm-hmm. Um, as an empath. No, I'm you? I'm exactly the same way. Like, typically, like even you can probably attest to this. Like most of the time, when I'm venting to you, is related to some dating situation that I'm in. Uh-huh. But like, and those type of things aren't that valuable and important to me. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why I think I'm more open to venting about them. Even though I'm very picky of who I vent to, like I only have yeah. like a handful of people I can think of off the top of my head who I'm willing to call. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the vent to, but when it comes to like financial issues or like, you know, like too much with school or just like life or my mental stability or different things of that nature, yeah, I like really shut down and don't talk uh-huh. to anybody just because I don't want to bring that to anybody because, because I'm an empath and I know that if somebody brings that to me, it's going to impact me, especially if I care for them. I don't uh-huh. want to do that to somebody else. And then have them be impacted because of something I'm going through. So I rarely reach out to people when I'm going through like serious issues. I feel you. I can be the same way. But now hearing that from like someone else, like hearing that from you, it's like, it makes me think about me doing it. Cause it's like, I wouldn't want you to be going through something and feel like you can't talk about same. it. I'm sure the people that, you know, love me wouldn't want me to be able to me doing that either so it's like it's not healthy it's it's good to vent it's okay to like talk to people and it's crazy having this conversation it makes me think of it like from the other end of things right right because we never have these type of conversations it's like yeah you call me when you want to talk I call you when I want to talk but we never think like well how are you doing really you know right. like or uh-huh. how like what are you keeping away from me because if you're like yeah. okay with telling me about this what aren't you telling me type of thing and uh-huh. I guess you never think about that because you just kind of like think oh whatever it is what it is but yeah I think we're both very alike in that space of like we kind of just shut down when we're going yeah. through things and that's not the best uh-huh. way to handle them like you should have someone who you can just vent to who will just listen or if you want them to give insight they can or if you just need somebody to just listen to you so you can get it out of your system exactly you need that because if not you're just going to prolong it within yourself and yeah I think it's okay to deal with things on your own for a little bit but you need to get them out that's so true and for women we're more open to getting things out um I think both me and you 
are a little different in that sense. Like some people would consider me an open book, but what they don't realize is the things I'm open about are things I don't care about. That's true. And Uh I think the same with you. Like I wouldn't say anybody would say you're an open book, but you also don't necessarily talk much about things you truly care about. Um, Whereas a lot of women, or at least from what I observe, more women are more likely to do those type of things. Um, but I am curious to see that might be our masculine trait. Like maybe, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I think it is. when you think about it, like I really am curious of who do men vent to like, <laughs> yeah. Cause like, in a- I know when I'm in a relationship with somebody, it's very important to me that I'm like someone who that person is comfortable talking to about uh-huh. any and everything. And that was something I loved about my last relationship was that like he, I felt like, I was that person who he could go to about any and every problem. And I tried yeah. to make sure I had that comfort space for him because it, it is like a thing like black men and I mean, men in general, but I'm just speaking on black men because that's who I relate to the most right. black okay. men uh-huh. need somebody to talk to, <laughs> you know, they like do. they need somebody to vent to, they need somebody to get through these issues with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like in our culture, like men feel like they have to be the strong ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they may be looking at con- like uh, this type of thing, like uh, empaths and feeling like they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of empaths. So there is definitely is a balance between venting and taking advantage of an empath. Mm, like you can th- vent. I never thought but- of that. Do you think, just to piggyback off of your point, sorry, but um, I just thought that was a really good point. So I wanted to point it out. Do you think maybe it's a misconception? Like maybe part of the reason men aren't as vocal or open to us is because they don't want to put their pain and hurt on us? That could be. uh, Yeah, I think it could be that. And they they just don't want to be looked at as weak. Like Mm -hmm. they want us to feel, want us to look at them like our strong support system or whatever. You could be strong and still, everybody has problems. So it's okay to to vent those out. I think there's a difference between venting and then venting in a manipulative way. Yes. You can talk about your problems and then you could be like talking about your problems in a way that's always also asking for things. Like, you know, I don't know, throwing out like a insinuation that if you had like some money, you'd be better or something mm-hmm. like that. Or there there are manipulative ways to vent. Right. I don't. I don't want this conversation of empaths to stop people from venting, though. At the right. Same time. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think an empath is a gift. Um, yeah. I know it might be looked at as like being straining or whatever, but I do truly think that it's a gift to be able to put yourself in someone's shoes, literally, because mm-hmm. when you are able to do that, you're able to provide the best form of help because you're not thinking it from yourself you're thinking it from that person's perspective but you still are able as a third party to provide the correct type of insight or assistance that's needed um Uh so I think that empaths are a gift but I do think um like with Derek Jackson the key thing is making sure that you're setting those boundaries to make sure you're not being taken advantage of um exactly and I do believe that narcissists feed on empaths the most because they're narcissistic they're all about themselves so because they know an empath is going to take on them more than they will for themselves 
that's why they feed on them. And that's probably why a lot of narcissists end up with empaths or take advantage or break the hearts of empaths because of that. Exactly. And you said it like expecting people to take on things that they don't even want to take on themselves. Mm -hmm. Like that, I feel like that's a key sign that you're dealing with a narcissistic empath or not empath, a narcissistic person who's taking advantage of your empathy and being an empath. Mm -hmm. Um, them expecting you to do things that really they're not even doing for themselves have you sorry i was gonna i was gonna say have you like dated um someone you would consider a narcissistic who narcissist who fed on you being empathetic and if you have what's an example so that way like you know people are listening to this they have like an example of like what to notice um that's a good question i've I've been in a in a relationship where I feel like I got taken advantage of for being an empath, but I I more so fault myself. Like I don't mm. think that person ever even like ex- asked or expected me to do to take on the things that I did. It was just me dealing with a damaged person and then feeling like I had to fix the damage, but I don't feel like it was a situation where um they were like narcissistic and take trying to take advantage of, but to, to think of some, I'm, I've seen it happen. So to name some traits where people can know the signs, um, probably like just manipulation, guilt trips, um, trying to make you feel like, well, if you, if you love them, you know, you would do this or whatever, or maybe reminding them, reminding you of the things they've done for you or whatever, and why you need to like, help them or whatever um what about you what do you, do you have any key signs sure i mean i'll i'll point up some specific examples um so one is like uh my ex from college um mm-hmm. i would say we'll call him well i have him in my phone as the devil on earth but <laughs> um <laughs> we'll call him lucifer so okay. lucifer um he would do things like he would uh he knew that if he told me he had money issues i would send him money uh-huh. and granted that's my own fault but at the same time he knew that i would do that so it's right. like i do have to blame myself for being open to like sending him money if he said like oh i can't afford my blah 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 or oh i'm going to get kicked out da, 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 da. yeah but at the same time i also have to blame him because I know now that I'm like, you know, out of that relationship and I'm older and I'm wiser and I can look back at it, that he was specifically targeting me to vent about those things because he Uh knew that I would fix them. Yeah. And that, in my opinion, is a, is a prime example of a narcissist who is feeding on an empath. Um, And that's an example Derek Jackson uses in his video as well. Like somebody kind of like, saying, oh, I can't, you know, afford this, or, oh, I need money for this, da 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 they know that an empath is going to go out of their way to fix it because they can feel the struggle, and they don't want you to go through that struggle that they feel when you talk about it. Yeah. And because I loved him and I was in such deep love with him, I never wanted him to struggle, and when he would tell me the struggle he was going through, I constantly felt the need to fix it. Uh-huh. Um. So I would say that is a very specific example. And that that falls into manipulation. I guess I just wanted to give something specific that somebody could take away. Yeah, um, but sure that's, that's a prime example people. of manipulation. When somebody vents to you 
constantly about specific things. And when you offer it, if they don't say, oh no, I'll figure it out. It's because they're using you like, and don't take that as like the first time they vent and you fix it, they're using you. But if you notice it's like an ongoing thing, like say they vent to you once, like, Hey, you know, I'm really struggling with my phone bill this month. Like, you know, this came up, this came up. I'm helping my mom with this. Da, da, da. And you're like, you know what? It's fine. I got extra money. Cool. And you give it to them. Like that's on you. And I wouldn't necessarily fault that. But Mm -hmm. if they do it a a second, third, fourth, fifth, you know what I'm saying? Like it keeps going, then yeah, they're absolutely feeding on you. That's that's the fact. They're absolutely feeding on you. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Because because, to a point where they they shouldn't even want to talk about that because they know, all right, she's going to feel like she's got to give me this. So let me just figure this out on my own. If they don't want to keep like, I don't even. No, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I was just saying if you know if they keep if they see that you help them out the first time and then they continue to complain about money over and over it that is a pretty telltale sign yeah they just they Mm -hmm. know you're gonna fix it every time so I feel like at some point you know either stop accepting it if they're gonna vent about their money problems or talk about it with somebody else who's not gonna feel like they have to give them the money yeah so I was gonna say um Cause even like in um, Derek Jackson's example, I don't necessarily have an uh, issue if they vent to me about their money issues. It's just, if they're constantly taking from you, like, because if somebody truly loves you and cares for you, they don't want to put you in that circumstance where you constantly have to provide for them. Like, especially as a, you know, when you're looking at a traditional male sense. Now the idea Mm -hmm. of what a male is supposed to do in a relationship now is a conversation for another day. I know what mm-hmm. I'm looking for and I want my mm-hmm. man to provide and protect. That doesn't mean I don't plan on working. That doesn't mean I don't plan on having my own career, my own money, but I still think it's important for a man to provide and protect. And there's different ways to do that. And what I'm saying is like, if he's vented to you like, damn, yo, this month has been crazy. Like I've had these bills, these bills, these bills. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, I have extra money. I can give it to you type of thing. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine. I don't even want to like do that. Then that's fine. Like it's okay yeah. for him to vent to you at that space. Yeah. But I will say though, as an empath, you need to understand that it's your obligation to not offer. And that's mm-hmm. where I messed up at. Um, and it's like, if somebody is venting to you, you need to take it as that. Like if somebody's selling you just to keep going with the financial, cause that's an easiest example. But if somebody's telling you like, Man, you know, like my uh my electric bill was double what it usually is. Da, 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 this, blah blah blah, that, da, 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 that. I had all these expenses. My car got messed up. Da, 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 that, and you're like, dang, that's crazy, man. I hope you figure it out. That's what you should reply with. Like you shouldn't reply with, oh well, you know, I don't want you struggling, and I got this extra. Like no, no, that's mm-hmm. not your obligation. Like you should just, you know, be a listening ear. Yeah, no, I agree. But as an empath, it is natural to feel guilty or you'll yeah. feel like, well. And that's hard. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is very hard. But it's the right thing to do. Right. You yeah, you, you don't want to get in a situation where you're being used or manipulated. Right. But yeah, so um, we are running out of time. So was there anything else we wanted to add on about empaths and relationships? No, I think we pretty much covered it. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode of Sip and Spill. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star rating. You can also find us on social media at Sip and Spills. That's S-I-P-A-N-D-S-P-I-L-L-S. And until next time. I'ma say bye, bye, bye. Better know I won't think twice.